We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast, where you think before you love. Please feel free to subscribe and listen on Anchor, Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Breakers, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Deezer, or your browser. Be sure to share a link with a colleague, family member, or friend. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to the sensitive nature of subject matter. Think before you love is the Romantic Truth Podcast motto. You will not get slapped here, we promise. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Let's talk about moms, daughters, and potential daughter-in-laws. Yeah, we're going there, folks. That's what this episode is dedicated to. Now, there's a special relationship between a mother and her daughter. Usually, the mother wants to impart wisdom onto the daughter, makes her aware of things, how to take care of herself, how to be able to be a lady, poise, grace, and also the ability to understand when it's appropriate to express herself, stand her ground, and sometimes when it's okay in order to withdraw a bit. Now, when a mother spends time with her daughter, there are a couple of things that happens. They bond a lot more. She learns from her mother. She takes some of the values and some of the core essentials from mom. Now what this does for a man, he starts to notice the similarities between his woman and her mother. Certain things as gestures, certain things as the way she may handle things, senses of humor, personality traits. And when they see this, it falls in line with many of our expectations as men, especially if she's reared by a good mother, one that's caring, one that's understanding, and one that's also frank and truthful, who will call her daughter out when she is wrong in a situation, and of course, reward her when she's right. Now, this good mother gives her love affection, nurtures her in a way where she doesn't have that inferiority complex on the way she looks, on the way she is. Now, many times mothers will say, you know, that's part of your daddy right there. That's not me. And that child, believe it or not, is proud of hearing that because that reaffirms her bond with her dad and her mom. It reaffirms reaffirms the unity between the two. There are many mothers that stay in bad marriages and relationships for the sake of their children. This means that the mom and dad may have some issues between them but they do not expose the children to those issues. Even if they were to divorce, 
usually that mother is going to make sure, <clears throat> under normal circumstances, that that dad still has a participatory position in that child's life. Now, there's some that won't. There's some that will be so angry about the conflict they're having with the baby's father. And they may try to poison the child emotionally. However, many good women who rear their children, and even if they divorced, if there was something that was egregiously wrong in the relationship between the mother and, and the father, the mom will probably tell her something like, well, your father and I are not together because we had our differences. And a child may be curious, a daughter may be curious, mom, what's going on between you two? And so she may look at it from the standpoint, well, that's mom's relationship with them. I have a different relationship because I'm the product of their love. And so she goes to her dad to see whether or not there's any validation in mom's assessment. Now, once she finds out that there is, that reaffirms her belief in more of what a mother says. However, if it's contrary, then doubt is fostered. But a lot of kids are torn, especially young girls are torn between mom and dad because mom may have said some things about dad and found out that they weren't true and dad has said some things about mom and she found out that's not true either. And so the kid winds up being the the mediator. She winds up being the one that has to be the go-between, the actual communication conduit between the two. And so a lot of times these young girls take it upon themselves to try to figure out a way for those two to be back together on an amicable basis. She may do well in school. And that's her way of expressing, I know if I do well in school, my parents will come together to see me when I get an award or when I graduate. And this is their effort to try to keep that bond. Because she sees the good in both. And yes, she may see the bad as well. But some young ladies will take take on that responsibility. Because see, they don't necessarily have the direct uh, the direct uh, challenge of protecting mom like a son would. So, yes, they're going to look out for the mother. But in many ways, it's going to be a thing where they're going to work on their diplomacy. And this is one of the things that the mother should convey to her daughter because that's going to be what carries her through life, through the business world, and through a lot of other places. This is the one element where women have the upper hand over many men. A diplomatic woman will go further in her career and in life than a combative one. And the way this happens, they're that 
soothing calm when it comes down to certain things that may need to be decided. In real estate, women do far better, especially in residential real estate, than men. Women can identify and notice certain things by paying attention to detail. And with their calming demeanor and diplomacy, they can actually put that person at ease a lot quicker than a man does. Because what happens when a man tries to sell you a car? What happens when a man tries to sell you a home? Sometimes we bristle up and become defensive, thinking we're going to be taken advantage of. That's the reason why a woman can come in and sell a house to a man very easily. Because she will point things out that he may be ignorant of, about the value of a breakfast nook in the home, about the value of a large backyard, a large front yard. Because what this is doing is prepping him for the woman that would be in his life. Now, a good mother is going to teach her daughter to be feminine. She can still be independent. But see, the mom wants to foster confidence in her child. That quiet confidence. That poise. And with this, she doesn't have to go out in the world half-cocked talking about she's an independent woman or she's a strong woman. She doesn't have to say all of these things. She doesn't have to give herself self-appropriated titles such as queen and madam and countess and princess or whatever the hell she wants to call herself. She doesn't have to do that. Because the confidence comes from her mother. And with that, comes her being prepared for the world. And she will know how to handle certain situations. Certain situations, she'll be assertive and not aggressive. Aggressive implies recklessness. Assertiveness implies someone who's firm. Someone who's directed. Someone who has thought things through. Now, mothers are going to address the issue of sexism because that's going to be a real big challenge for them. And this child is going to go through this at some point growing up. Might start out in elementary school where she's excluded from playing a certain sport because the boys are playing a basketball game out. And they feel as though the girl would just slow things down. But then she'll have that confidence knowing that she's just as good as anybody else. And what happens, doubt kind of goes by the wayside because her personal will is what's going to be focused on. 
These women will be more adept with conflict resolution. They're not throwing hands. They're not using bad language. Because what these young ladies are taught by their mothers early on, you have a brand, you have a reputation, and you also have the social burden that society unfairly put on you because you're a woman. And that's to be the adult in the room. Many wise mothers will tell their daughters, let the man be the fool, not you. The mothers will also assist them in knowing the characteristics to look for in a man that treats a woman well. The father, of course, will teach her about the safeguards. The mother will have set the expectations for the daughter so that she will set the expectations for the man that tries to come into her life. The father will give the daughter the rules and the guidelines and the things that she must require of him. You see the distinction? So the father basically tells the daughter, don't ever get with a man that doesn't have a job, for instance. Don't ever get with a man that doesn't do X, Y, Z. And he's going to be a little bit more firmer with her on that so that when she says no, she means it. He's going to give her the confidence to be assertive. Mom is going to be able to do it on a diplomatic level. She's going to give her the wherewithals. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, hell, there's some single moms that do all of this. True enough, there are. But there are also some that work in tandem with the father. See, one of the main problems in America is that the normal family structure has been diminished in many ways. And so it's kind of loaded on one side. And this can be problematic as well. Now, there are a couple of other things too that mothers will do. They're going to talk to them about aspiring to achieve the goals that they choose and help them prioritize those goals prior to having a child, prior to taking on a family, where she's going to always be able to provide for herself independently, where she's not going to depend on a man. and yet not allow a man to solely depend on her. Dad is going to reaffirm this because she may think, well, mom's saying this and I don't know if this is really true or valid. But dad's going to give her that heads up about how a man's supposed to treat her on a date as well. Mom set the expectation. Dad set the rules. When you're comfortable with him, you touch him. But he doesn't touch you first. Put your hand on his, put your hand on his shoulder or something of that sort. 
When you're comfortable with him, you can move closer to him. But he's to respect you. And dad will tell her, you're not a bitch, you're not a whore. Don't let no man refer to you as that. You're a lady, you have a name. Me and your mother gave you a name to be used by everyone. Because that's who you are. So he's going to give her that sense of dignity that she should expect from every man going forward. The first man a daughter tries to impress is her father usually. The first woman she's trying to impress is her mother. Cooking a meal, doing the clothes, doing the laundry, cleaning up the house, fixing the beds, doing well in school, doing well in athletics and sports and extracurricular activities. True enough, she wants both of her parents to be proud of her, but she wants the nurturing of mom with the affirmation of dad. So that as she goes forward, she's confident. You know, when I graduated from high school at Anaheim High, my mother was the only person able to attend. At this time, my father was ill. I didn't know at the time. He only had three more years to live. I called him and told him that I graduated from high school. He was so happy. He shed a tear. And he said, son, you're on your way to passing me and your mom. He says, now you're going to college. I told him, I said, Dad, I'm going to join the Marine Corps. And then I promise you, I will go to college. And I will pass up you and Mom as you requested of me as a child. My mom cried graduation day. Gave her my diploma. And she said, son, what are you going to do with your life now? And I told her joined the Marine Corps. And she was like, oh, my baby's going to wind up probably getting shot, and I don't want that. And I said, don't worry about it. I said, trust me, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to make it back to you, and I'm going to make it back to talk to Dad. So you never have to worry about that. Even if I'm on my deathbed, I'll figure out a way to crawl or take the gurney, there's some kind of way I'm going to try to get there. And if I don't, everyone will know I tried. And I thanked her for giving me so much of her time growing up over the years. I thanked her for giving birth to me. My dad, too. For being there. There was one young lady, I'll never forget it. She got her diploma right after I did. 
And in a way, I was kind of envious because my father couldn't be there because he was ill. But her mother and dad were there and they both hugged him, hugged her. And they said, that's my girl. And the mom corrected. She said, no, that's our girl. That young lady went on to University of Southern California and did very well for herself. I joined the Marine Corps to give my mother a break. I'd been with her for 17 years and I knew that at that point she was in her 40s, it was time for me to give her that break. I wasn't a burden with some child or anything like that, but I felt as though that was a good opportunity for her to get some rest and be herself. And the one thing that I understood out of that whole ordeal was this. At that point in life, everything your parents had poured into you from that point forward, you're going to be representative of it. And it was true. It was interesting seeing all the young ladies who had gone to school together, cheerleaders and women that played on the volleyball team and box hockey team, you name the team, because Anaheim had so many of them. Tears flowing. They were all going to different destinations in life. And I took that moment just to look and see how all those lives were going to change. They were going to meet different people just like I was. And we all had the tools to go forward. Those tools that the parents provided us from their years of tutelage. We'll talk more in a moment. Now, there are some women that may have grown up in a situation where things weren't so ideal, as I described in the first segment. They could have had negative parents that always argued. The daughter was exposed to a lot of uh, things that mainly adults are exposed to. Mom's an alcoholic, for instance. Daughter has to be the responsible adult in the room. So she goes to adulthood very early, at 13 or 14, cleaning up the mess that mom left her behind. The empty Jack Daniel bottle that's sitting on the uh, kitchen table. Escorting her mom to the bed.
She may be dealing with a situation where the mom has a boyfriend that's very domineering. And she's walking on eggshells to do whatever she can to help her mom. Trying to stand up for her at times. Trying to protect her. Asserting herself. They may have to deal with parentification. Where mom is so busy working her ass off that this daughter is taking on the responsibility of feeding her brothers and sisters, clothing them, working with their homework. And she's under the watchful eye of a mother who's making sure that this child does everything that she was supposed to do as a mom. Cooking the dinners, bringing mama her plate. And mom feels entitled because She's paying the bills or getting the bills paid. Some mothers may ostracize the children, tell them negative things about themselves, dislike them based on their father's relationship with the mother. Your teeth are too big, you're too dark, you're too light. You have bad hair. You have horrible dark skin. It could be anything. And this child has to figure out a way of manifesting her sentiments in a positive way to go forward in life. And she now has something to prove. And she may spend the rest of her existence trying to prove to her mother that she's good enough or she's better than what mother called her. And she goes to school, she gets those grades, those very same grades, like the young lady I talked about in the first segment. Straight A's, but doesn't get recognized for them. You're not gonna be anything but a cashier at Walmart. Some parents are envious, some mothers are envious of their daughters because the daughter is doing better than they did in school. The daughter speaks correct English compared to the mother because she's given her a better opportunity than she had and the mother is jealous of that. As she reminds her, my mother didn't give me this and I've given you everything making her feel guilty. She has that burden on her shoulders. Mom may be a tyrant, constantly whipping the children for any little infraction, psychologically scarring all of the children. Daughter may be traumatized and have to live in a traumatic environment until she's old enough to leave home. They may have to deal with a mentally ill mother, not knowing what to expect when they come home every day from school. Will mom burn the house down? Will mom try to kill one of her siblings, or her for that matter? 
Will mom have to coach them when CPS comes around to make sure everything is okay? But this young lady knows things are wrong, but she can't say anything. These are the causal issues for many of the dysfunctional problems that a lot of these young ladies will face as they mature and get older. They don't go away and you can't get over it. It stays with them. The daughter may be subjected to physical, sexual abuse from the mother's boyfriends. She can't tell anyone when she tells her mother, the mother doesn't believe her. Or like in that YouTube video, when a 15-year-old girl told her mother that the boyfriend raped her, the mother took her outside and started fighting her, telling her, you're not going to steal my man from me. Never listening to the child that told her the truth but saw her daughter as a competitor, as some sort of adversary that she had to eliminate. These are some of the dysfunctional situations that many of these women guys that you date have gone through. Marginalized. Some of them have been abused by family members. And they're told to keep their mouth shut. They're told to get over it. They keep secrets that siblings told them about abuse. And they want to do something, but they can't. They're afraid to. They want to tell the teacher. They want to go to a police officer and tell someone, but they're afraid to. And when these women get older, when they get grown, and they go out in life, and they're still traumatized, and there are certain triggers that will put them in a certain mindset, and it controls their behavior. As I told you, if a person's been abused a lot, or in some cases not even that much, depending on the individual. They become fiercely independent. They have trust issues. If they can't trust their mother, and they're a woman, who can they trust? There are some women out there that have tried their honest to God best to be the best daughter they could to their mothers. And the mother treated them like shit as a child. And as they got older, the mother treated them poorly as an adult. When that mom's in a nursing home and that daughter's wiping her ass and yet she's being called all kind of names because that woman has dementia. Or she may just be mean and envious of the fact that this daughter excelled in places where she didn't. And that resentment is always there below the surface. Some of these women have grown up throughout their whole lives without getting a hug, any kind of affirmation, good job. Some of them never heard those two words. 
until they get on a job where they do a good job or they do well in school and the teacher or someone else tells them that. And it means a lot to them. But you'll never know it because they're not going to open up the portfolio of their lives because they feel as though it'll be burdensome. So they keep those sentiments to themselves. You'll be dealing with women sometimes that never knew what it was like to go to a grocery store and buy the things that they could afford and want to. Because in the past, it always had to be whatever EBT allowed them to buy. Whatever food stamps would allow them to purchase. So instead of them going and buying ribs that were pre-cooked when they could afford it, they decided to buy a pack of ribs and cook them themselves at home. Because that's what they were accustomed to. They may deprive themselves of things, even though they may have a good sum of money put away. Like the one young lady I dated. She had almost $300,000 in the bank. And she was driving a beat-up Hyundai that barely worked. But to her, if she spent money on herself or things pertaining to her, she didn't value herself enough because her parents never valued her. So that low impression of herself was exemplified by the way she mistreated herself. And she would put on that facade, nice smile, beautiful face, decent clothing, nothing elaborate, but always felt that she didn't deserve things. This woman I'm talking about in particular never had a birthday party in her life. I gave her her first birthday party. Never celebrated Christmas. I bought her first birthday gift. Her family was not that way. You will find women as well, gentlemen, that have grown up in rigid religious environments with authoritarian parents. So they never had a chance to express themselves. And so when they become an adult, you're wondering why they're buck wild. And they don't want to commit to a relationship. Because they don't want to be restricted. They don't want to have to be obligated to something because they were obligated to go into church Sundays. Monday choir meeting. Wednesday Bible study. Friday, some other meeting they may have or some event at the church. So they never really had a choice because their lives was to appease the parents. That one kid that was pushed to take piano lessons, language courses, and all these other things after school while the rest of the kids were playing 
they never had their childhood. They had work. And so when they get older, at 35, they want to go to Disneyland and be a child because they never had that opportunity as a kid. Now, in some cases, they were poor and the parents could not afford to do these things. So they may not be accustomed to nice things. And so they go on a splurge. They may excel in their careers, so they'll never kiss the lips of poverty again. And they want to be independent. They don't want to be depending on a man. In some cases, they want to be the total opposite of their mother. In some cases, they want to have children early so that they can take what was meted out to them and correct it in that child. I'm not going to rear you like my mama reared me. You're going to be better than I am. I'm going to give you a better life. There are others that take on the characteristics of their mother when the mom's passive and the boyfriend's beating their ass and they think that's normal. And they go out and deliberately find a guy with those characteristics, even though they will say that they're not looking for that, they're attracted to that and pass up the good guys. There are others that will be entitled where the parents have made every excuse in the world for them. So as they see it, the world is messed up, they're not. And they have a false sense of themselves as being superior to everyone else. It all depends on what's taught at home. That's where it starts. And with young ladies, it usually starts with the mom. And the mother controls the switches as to where that child's going to be in life based on what they're exposed to in those formative years because many of those things are going to stick with that child. You will have some women that you may meet or you may go out with and you'll find that the mother and the daughter are more like girlfriends than they are mother and daughter. They're competing against each other, trying to outdo each other, wearing the same outfits, trying to be each other's contemporary. All of these are indicative of the way these women were reared. So this explains many of the situations you may face yourself with with these women. Now, in certain communities, there's no such a thing as a bad mom. That mother could be as ratchet and as mean and as low down and as dirty as she's supposed to be or wants to be. But that child will always put them on a pedestal because they gave birth to them. And that's the only qualification that mattered to that child. Some of these women will have bad credit when you meet them because the mother has used utilities and different things in the child's name 
and ruin that child's credit. And they'll be in their 20s trying to straighten things out. Even though this child never applied for a credit card or anything in their lives. These are not excuses, people. This is the causation of many of these women behaving the way they do. Some will try to get attention from men. Father's not at the home. So they'll go and wear the miniskirts and wear the short dresses and try to act older than they are to attract older men. Some do it as a cry for help to get out of the conditions they're living in. And they don't care that the guy may be in his 20s and she's in her teens. She may want to have a child because she didn't get the love from mom. So therefore, she's going to get unconditional love from the child that she's going to give birth to. And many times, that child is far more important than having a family or than having a man in her life. She puts all of her energy in that child so that child will love her back because that's the love that mom did not give her that void. You will find women also that were given up for adoption or abandoned when they were a child and in 20, at their 20s or 30s, they're looking for their biological mother and they find her and she doesn't have anything to say or do with them. She's upset that this child found her. These are just some of the demonstrative situations that you may wind up dealing with when it comes to women. Men go through the same thing as well. This is to give you an idea. The reason why they may be a certain way is because they were bred a certain way. We'll talk more in a moment. One of the biggest challenges to women is to have a child out of wedlock. Now true, they may be ostracized by the mother and father initially. And depending on how the parent, the mother, perceives her daughter will dictate a lot. The mother is frustrated because the daughter may have gone out there and let some boy get her pregnant at a young age. And if mother did the same thing, she's going to scold the daughter about that. And then she's going to realize, I did the same thing and I just didn't want you to do it. So the daughter learns responsibility at an early age. 
Some mothers will be hands off. Let daughters do all the work. She just tells her what to do with the child. Others will be very proactive and help her with the child. It varies. But there are a lot of things that go along with this. Disappointment. Anger. The resentment of repetitive behavior. These are things that come up. Now, there's another aspect of this as well. When it comes down to a young single mom, it's tough. A lot of responsibilities on you, and now you're responsible for life. And you may be looking at it from the standpoint that my life is over for the next 18 years. Doesn't have to be. But sometimes that terminal mindset sinks in with that doubt. I don't know enough to rear my child. And a lot of cases when these young ladies have young children, they actually quit growing. And when that child gets about the age where they were when they had them, that's when they started relating to them. So if she had the child at 15, when a child becomes 15 and she's 30, she may still have that 15-year-old mindset in some regard because she's had to hustle, probably not get the job she wanted, but get the job she could get, provide what she could for the child. But you're dealing with a 31, a 30-year-old woman with a 15-year-old mindset. And then her daughter's getting ready to go to go and graduate from high school at 17. Mom doesn't want to be outdone. She goes back and get her GED. And she still winds up having to remind the daughter in so many ways that she's the mom. Because in some ways, they become more like friends, buddies. It's a tough call. Now, when you run into a woman that's in her 30s who's had a child around 15, when she's, and now the child is 15 years old, you may find this a lot. You'll find this bond. And you have to learn how to navigate around it. Now that good mother, what she's going to do, before she introduces a man to her child, she's going to have a foundation for a relationship with them. She's not going to have a carousel of men coming into her house or into her life where that child would have to be exposed to them. And she'll have the respect for the child in the sense that 
whatever affairs that she may have will not be in the purview of that child. So she may have dated several men. But over time, you have only selected one out of several that's worthy to introduce to her child. And she realizes that if she does introduce this man to that child, that there's going to be some sort of an attachment. And so she has to be very careful about the man she chooses. See, the one thing that a good mother will teach her daughter is how to manage the choices of people that will be coming to her throughout her life as she matures. Well, and there'll be many. And one of the biggest fears in women is to make the wrong choice on the wrong guy. And sometimes to make the wrong choice by dismissing the right guy. Other things that will have to be addressed. The first love. The first guy that has sex with her. That carries a lot of weight. I can't tell you how many women I've known throughout my past who could descriptively remember the first man that they ever were intimate with. Now, a lot of them like those relationships, not necessarily because the guy was a good guy, but because of one thing. They started out with pure innocence, optimism. And later on in the years, they've become wiser. And they kind of long for those days when they didn't have so many experiences and so much knowledge. But things were more simplified. And they thought of themselves as being better. Good mothers will teach their daughters about being that regal figure in society. Because, see, they're the stewards of morality in many ways by society standards. You've heard the old saying that women are more mature than men. Well, that maturity has to do with them comporting themselves as being the adult in the room. Doesn't always mean that that applies, but that's the intention. Now, when it comes down to mothers and their sons, there's a bond as well, but it's a different type of bond. He wants to be her protector. He's going to learn from her. He's going to adhere to her. And so there's a debt that every man has to his mother. And that debt is the fact that she brought him into this world. And so dad's getting older. And he feels as though I'm the young sentinel that has to take care of her. 
Now, sometimes with mothers that have boys, they become very protective of them. And you being a young lady coming in to get to know him, that mother may be harder on you than the dad would be. That mother will put you under the scrutiny. You come to him with a child. Mom's going to try to whisper in his ear, son, that's not your responsibility. You need to leave that girl alone. She'll have another child. So you have to deal with the prejudgment. You would have to deal with the vilification. You sleep with this woman's son. You get pregnant. All of a sudden, you're a whore. You're a loose girl. You're fast. You're whatever. But they don't know you. Because their son is above reproach as they see it. I read them better than that. And how many times have you watched these television shows with the DNA tests? And they'll say something like, that baby doesn't look nothing like so-and-so. Ignorant denial. DNA tests would say straight up that he's the father. The mother doesn't accept it, doesn't want to accept it. She wanted more for her boy. And in some cases, she was banking on him to be something that would actually do something for her in the replacement of the child's father. You see it when the kid has a chance to go and play pro football or pro um, sports. And he gets his girlfriend pregnant in high school or in college. And now he can't go pro because he's trying to figure out a way to take care of that child. And that young man's mother is throwing her arms up in the air and pissed off because he could have had an NFL contract and could have taken care of her. In other words, he could have done the duties that the father should have done for the mother. It's not that young man's job to pay for his mom a house. His father should pay for that house. That's his woman. And so what you wind up with are a lot of young men that are overextended, helping extended family members. You talk about sharing wealth. Many of these sports athletes will tell you how thin they had to spread themselves to cover family members, distant relatives, people that they barely even knew. But they do it voluntarily. Now, with that said, here's a young lady coming into that situation. You're first looked upon as a threat by that mother until she gets to know you a little bit better. And as she gets to know you, she takes you under her wing. And then she'll educate you on her son. But now if she rejects you, it's going to be a full-throated rejection. You're not good enough for him. You could do better. He's not interested in a relationship right now. 
because mom can't let go of the apron strings and neither can he. Especially if he's the only man in her life. He's her son, not her boyfriend or husband. But she's going to cling tight to him because he's all she's got. And so she's insecure and fearful that you're going to take him away and she has nothing. And of course, ladies, you'd have to go to your mom and talk to her about navigating situations like that sometimes. The biggest fear of dealing with the mama's boy. Something goes wrong in the relationship, he goes to his mama and tell her everything. And now you're the bad guy. You're being vilified. You're being, tre- being treated less than. But mama's biased, she never got a chance to hear your side of the story and didn't care to hear it. He runs back to his mother and reverts back to childhood with his thumb in his mouth at 23, 24 years old. Mama, could you fix it? It'll be the same dude that will go out and try to act hard and act tough out in the street and mess around get locked up and then revert back to childhood for mama to bail him out of jail put up her house as collateral and a lot of you ladies wind up pursuing irresponsible men like this and combating the mother of that man in order to get him to be accountable but mama doesn't want him to be accountable mama still wants him to be her little boy as a grown-ass man. And you're frustrated. And then you fall into this rabbit hole of trying to pull him away from her. And that's where many of you make your mistake. The worst thing a man could ever do is be caught in the middle of a situation where he's trying to keep the peace with his mother and still trying to be responsible to his woman. A lot of people would say that saying in the Bible about clinging to your wife, make sure you read the rest of that scripture before you do that. What you have to do is to understand that if he makes a choice you're going to have to live by it. Your life should not be contingent on winning the battle of taking him away from his mom. If he wants to be there, you can't fight that. She knew him way before you knew him. And that's the advantage she has. More in a moment. Now, the one area that mothers will really help their daughters is when it comes down to choosing or selecting a man. If you are a mother, ladies, and you have a young daughter, please make sure 
that you cover this with them at some point in their development. This will help them be better equipped to deal with what's out there. Now, one of the main issues, and I've seen this over and over again, I saw a fight break out during a wedding one time because the mother-in-law was not happy with the lady her son was marrying. At the reception, when they had the dance, the mother-in-law walked over to this woman with a glass of champagne and threw it in her face. And all hell broke loose. She didn't think this young lady was good enough for her son. Well, the real premise for them getting married was because the young lady was pregnant. And her mother and father thought that You might as well start a family. If you're going to be together, you love each other. Well, his mother thought that the whole time the parents had manipulated him and persuaded him to be the father and to go on with the uh, wedding. Now, her family paid for everything. But here's the interesting thing. They had a DNA test to prove that it was that gentleman as the father. His mother could not accept that. This young man was in college and doing very well for himself, maintained a job, and was going to support this woman 100%. But he didn't have a spine or backbone to tell his mother that this was a choice he made independently. He had a domineering mother that overrode everything he said because it was all about her and what she wanted. It took a couple of years for this young lady before she left him, divorced him. She tried to make it work. But he would never stand up and what happened, his young wife lost all respect for him. They eventually moved out of the apartment they lived in. He went back home to Mama. Mama was happy. Then he had to pay child support. And the mother, of course, was telling him not to worry about it. She was going to help him pay the child support. She was going to help him do everything but to stay away from that girl. And he let his mother poison his mind on his child and her. So the mama's boy situation is one of the most dreaded things that women face when it comes down to dealing with men. And fellas, this is the reason why a lot of ladies don't deal with you. Because if that mom has that much influence, she dictates everything. Now, I told you in the past about the situation when a person over in uh, Brea, California wrote me about a situation he was facing with his new wife. The mom wanted absolute control. The daughter was not willing to stand up to her mother. The mother bought them a house for their wedding gift. But they were under the impression that mom bought the house and they'd have to pay mom back. But what they didn't count on was that mom bought a house and 
had the place customized the way she wanted it and had her room customized like she wanted. And so mom was in residence at their home, even though she had a home of her own. But it was about control. And so whenever she wanted something done, she just told the daughter, daughter asked husband to do it. So the husband was a yes man. The daughter thought less of him based on the mother's perception that if he was any kind of man, he would have bought you a house, even though he had been saving up money for it. But that wasn't good enough. So the daughter capitulated to the mother's wishes. And this man felt left out. He felt less than a man. He had to make the payments to the mother for the house they were living in. He had to put up with all the nonsense that the mother had as far as the rules in the house. He couldn't set any rules himself. The daughter wouldn't dare set any rules. Whatever mama said went. They had their hand in the lion's mouth. And the reason why this gentleman wrote me is to see whether or not he should start out on his own with his wife without the mother. But I told him that the wife more than likely wouldn't go for it. It would be a situation where she would think that you're unappreciative and she's going to side with mom. So you have this bias that you have to deal with. And sometimes just because you marry a person, and some people do this to try to get that partner away from their family and from their influence, it backfires a lot. Pretty much what you meet is what you get. Marriage is not gonna change anything for the better for the most part. You have a child, think you're gonna keep the man. That doesn't always work, does it? You marry him thinking you're gonna take him off the market and keep him from sleeping with other women. It doesn't work either, does it? You think that you're gonna isolate your partner by taking him to somewhere else, and yet, they feel resentful because you've taken them away from their family. Even though you may think the family was a bad influence on him or her, that family still managed to creep back in. And what you have to understand is that no matter what you try to do in situations like that, the situation you face when you first meet that person is the situation as it is. And you got to navigate and contend with it best you can. And you have to remember that one thing on you that you don't have familiarity with that person. Now, there's some ladies who had a bad relationship with their mothers. And therefore, they feel as though their man should have an adversarial or acrimonious relationship with their mother. Don't do that. If you had a bad relationship with your mom, that's your situation. 
what you can actually do is reconstruct a relationship that you would have had with your mother under normal circumstances with his mother. Provided she's not controlling or has some sort of agenda. And in that way, you guys can work in tandem. She can educate you on her son. Things to be aware of, things to know. Things that will help you along the way as far as dealing with them one-on-one and coping with the situation. And here's the thing, she's going to cut those apron strings because if she sees it, he's in good hands. So I don't have to be a steward. I don't have to be there. And this is what a lot of mothers that are really close to their sons are worried about. They're trying to protect them still as a little boy, even though they're a grown man. And sometimes it's hard for them to let go because many of them feel as though they don't have any other place in the world. Okay, if I'm not a mother anymore, well, you'll still be a mother, but they look at it from the standpoint, I don't have a job anymore. I've been obsolete in this capacity. It's like a person working a job for 20 years. But then they retire and feel as though they still should be doing something. And that's the way many of these mothers feel. And so they may want to invite you guys over for dinner. And the reason why she's doing that is so she can feel as though she's still useful. She doesn't feel obsolete. She may want you to have grandchildren. Because in that way, she feels as though she could still use some of those skills that she once had when she reared her son. So she doesn't feel left out. She doesn't feel obsolete. She may take you on as her surrogate daughter as opposed to a daughter-in-law. Treating you just like one of her children looking out for you, making sure that you have things. Did you cook this evening? No, ma'am, I'm planning on cooking later. No, you guys come over to the house and get something to eat. In some cases, they'll treat you like their child because there's a level of closeness that they would want with you. And many women find that affirmation that unconditional love they didn't get from their mother, sometimes they'll wind up getting it from their husband's mother. Some of you ladies will be reared by your grandparents and have been reared by your grandparents. And when they passed away, that was your only semblance of parenthood as far as parental tutelage. I remember one time I went out with a lady and she had just buried her grandmother about two weeks before we met. And she was telling me about the situation in her family. And she said, I can never cry if something happened to my mom. 
but I can always manage to shed a tear for anything that happened to my grandmother. And she told me about her mom used to get locked up all the time and was an alcoholic and would sleep with a whole bunch of men and got caught for prostitution and all these other things. And she says, I'm numb because she abandoned me. So therefore, out of respect, because she gave birth to me, I'll make sure that she's buried whenever she passes away. If she's sick, I'll come to visit her in the hospital, but I'm not spending the night or staying. Because her priorities had shifted, her grandmother was far more important. Because it's all she knew. And at the time, it was very difficult when her mother finally got out of rehab, got out of jail. It was hard for her to go down there on 5th Street in Los Angeles where she stayed in one of those hotels. It hurt her to see her mom in the condition she was in, but it hurt her from the standpoint that she was her grandmother's child and she wound up that way. And being her child, if it wasn't for her grandparents, she would have probably wound up like her. And so there was a sense of guilt. But she told me one day after visiting her, she said, I should be on 5th Street. My mom should be where I am now. And it was very powerful to hear. But there was also underlying resentment that her mother did not take advantage of the opportunity that her grandparents gave her. Folks, you'll be surprised how sometimes the most unidealistic situation may work out that way where it is idealistic. It happens. And you have to remember, if you don't remember nothing else from this particular episode, mothers, daughters, and mother-in-laws are very important people. And the three of you should always work in concert. True enough, you're going to have disagreements on things. But this is where you have to use your diplomacy and those skill sets, those social skills that women hone so well to work for a mutual advantage, especially when there's a child involved. Take care, folks. It's been a pleasure. And thank you once again. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, 
you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.